architects and AEC professionals, it's time to connect, grow, and redefine your professional journey. Imagine a place where you're part of a vibrant community, accessing resources tailored to your needs, and earning continuing education credits effortlessly. That place is here at Gable Media. Join our legacy membership, your exclusive pass to a world of opportunities. With instant access to all our CE courses and groundbreaking content, you're set to excel. And here's the game changer. Lock in your legacy membership at an unbeatable introductory price of just $29 per year, forever. Plus, enjoy contests, events, and unique freebies. But hurry, I hear this special pricing won't last long. Spots in our legacy membership are limited and filling up fast. Follow the link in the show notes to be part of something groundbreaking with Gable Media. We have a chance now to chart our own course, put our own future in front of us, but we've got to understand things and we've got to do some work to get there. But the goal, the goal is a great prize to remake the role of design in modern society, to put it more in the center of things, which is where I think it should be, not to make architects famous and rich, but to ennoble people so that people are used to living and working and being educated and so on in, in great spaces that don't cost an arm and a leg and that really work well to support human endeavors. If it sounds pie in the sky, it is, but it's we can do this. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I'm joined by Patrick McLamey, FAIA, and former CEO of the international architecture firm HOK. This is Build Smart. After his time at HOK, Patrick, as he puts it, has been repurposed. Now, as the chairman of Building Smart International, Patrick will outline a new strategy for the building industry and so much more. You'll find that there's a lesson in every episode. I'm excited about this season because it is different than season one. During season one, we talked about the history of HOK and your part in it, right? So it, we, we sort of documented the history of HOK from the very beginning all the way through to the, to the very end of where you left off as CEO, and we told that whole story. We're going to do season two here of Build Smart Podcast. What is season two going to be all about? This is a much broader and grander story. Season one was exciting, it was fun, and it was a, certainly a documentation of the history of one firm and let's say one person, what I learned along my journey. But season two is about the whole big story of the building industry and my journey and others to discover, gee, this is not working well. Buildings cost too much and they, they don't work so well and uh, they consume a lot of energy and they're not very green and this and that. You could say all kinds of things. We can fix those things, but we have to start someplace. The Building Smart came out of my HOK existence. I was in a big, I'm going to say, very successful firm that grew from something, a, a small local firm to a big international firm with diverse practice. But it was always nagging at me that we were a successful firm in a not very well-organized industry. And so that became my second job if you will, with the founding of Building Smart and discovering a new way 
for the architecture profession, but really a new way for the building industry to go forward, a much broader idea than just the practice of architecture. To be sure, architecture is a part of this, but not the only part. And I discovered things like, we really have partners out there, but we don't treat each other as partners most of the time. And there are people like contractors and subs and equipment, building parts and pieces suppliers. And we need to embrace all of this because if we're going to have really good buildings, we have to work together like one big team. And I constantly compare the building industry with manufacturing. Most people kind of stop and they say, well, wait a minute. They can lavish attention on the detail of some, how a car fits together or how a computer is assembled because they're going to stamp out a million of them. So they can afford to do that. We can't because each building is a one-off. But I took a second and a third look at that and I said, well, yes, but buildings are pretty much, they're not built one stone on top of another these days. They're assembled from manufactured parts, just like cars and airplanes and computers and everything else. They're assembled on a job site, but you could think of a job site as an assembly plant temporarily to get up all the parts and pieces put together in the right order and so on. So that, that led me on this journey. And the journey is continuing. I'm still learning. But if people are frustrated, whether you're an architect and you're frustrated that your clients don't seem to appreciate what design is, or they don't want to pay you enough money, or that the contractor is only interested in cost, they're not interested in design, all of those things need to be examined clearly and new discoveries can be made, actually old discoveries rediscovered about teamwork. Steve Jobs is one of my heroes because of the way he thought about things. And Steve Jobs drove the development of the first iPhone. Mark, he combined all the things that we do, design, engineering, and manufacturing assembly, all into one program controlled by one company, Apple. It was as if we had an owner or a, a prospective building owner controlling everything telling the architect, you, you have to work collaboratively with your engineers and your contractor. No more fighting between yourselves. Well, that brought me to an old HOK experience that I had that we documented in season one, the design and construction of Moscone Convention Center, where Turner Construction was hired as the construction manager before HOK was hired. And I discovered these were really good people. And they helped us solve design problems. And we helped them through some of their construction problems as the building was being built. So I had a taste of what this could be. In this series, we're going to go through each one of those pieces and reimagine the building industry. Patrick, can you share a little bit of the origin of Building Smart and maybe the inspiration be behind Building Smart? I've been working at HOK as a project manager then. Well, first as a designer, as you know, then as a project manager. And finally, by the time I became the managing principal in our San Francisco office, I was frustrated by the design process and the interaction we had with our engineering subs and with contractors and subcontractors. I've been studying this on my own, been frustrated by it, going to some AIA meetings to see what I could learn. And at the AIA meetings, what I found is mostly a bunch of architects complaining about contractors or complaining about owners not paying us enough. And that didn't seem to be the right path. 
Then I joined the executive committee of HOK. I was still managing San Francisco, and I was given the job of upgrading the technology that HOK used. Then this guy, Ian Howell, shows up. Ian got this idea that as computers got smarter, we could develop a way to coordinate work using what's now called object technology, that we can have the computer do the heavy lifting of coordination work and free up architects to be designers again. So he said, I'm inviting a group of 12 companies, Autodesk being one, to meet at Autodesk to study how we could fix coordination problems with the computer, with software, so we'll have fewer conflicts and better buildings. I said, that's great. Sign me up. That was the first time, Mark, that I had ever been in a room with everybody that was my natural partner, all committed to looking at problems together instead of separately. Wow. By the end of the year, what I realized, and I think all of us in that group realized, this isn't an architect's or an engineer's problem or a contract. This is an industry problem. And if we're going to solve these problems, we as an industry have to do it together. I'm an architect. First thing I did, even when I was in school, is join the AIA in a student chapter. And I've been an AIA member for 50 plus years. And I'm pleased to be a fellow of the AIA. But that's AIA is architects talking to architects. And the contractors have their own organization, AGC, Association of General Contractors. And when they get together, it's a bunch of contractors and so on. The engineers have their societies. Product manufacturers have their groups. There was no one that I'm aware of representing the building industry. Everybody, the suppliers, the architects, the engineers, the contractors, the software houses, everybody at the same table. That was the exciting part to this. As, as I learned more about it, to solve this, everybody needs a seat at the table. And then, of course, lots of excitement and, and learning about, well, if everyone has a seat at the table, how in the heck do you finally sort this out so that people get good work done? That, that's a story for another day, maybe. But what we all did as companies is we committed ourselves. We said, oh, if we're going to solve this industry problem, it can't just be for my community of San Francisco or my state of California or even the United States. This has to be a big enough solution that will work globally. In order to build smart, you need to operate intelligently. If you feel frustrated wrangling all your spreadsheets to get a clear view of where your projects stand today, or you're tired of staring at poorly designed software that's just slowing you down, Monograph is here to help. Designed by architects for architects, the Monograph platform allows you to track your firm's time, projects, budgets, invoices, and payments all in real time. With their innovative visualization tool, MoneyGant, you can immediately see whether you're under or over budget. Need to easily adjust your team's time week to week? Their tool resource allows you to reallocate your team's time and track its impact on your remaining budget. Visit monograph.com today to see why hundreds of architecture firms call Monograph a game changer. 
How familiar are you with the hidden forces shaping our world? Learn about the spaces you occupy every day with Spaces Podcast, a journey through the design, construction, and the impact of our evolving environments. Hi, I'm Demetrius Lynch, host of Spaces, and I'm thrilled to take you on a ride through the intersections of environment, politics, culture, and economy. Join me and leading industry professionals as we uncover the stories behind the spaces that shape societies, past, present, and future. Today, there's a certain amount of cynicism and and kind of general malaise. Maybe many practices should come together and think about common goals, solving some of the major issues of the day. If I'm not mistaken, am I seeing like a wallpaper that is imitating books in some places? Yeah, I have to say, now we are in peace with this. But (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe now by following the link in the show notes, and let's unravel the secrets of our built world together. Spaces Podcast. Go beyond the everyday, because spaces shape society. You recognized some big problems in our industry. You took some big, bold actions, created this organization with sort of the goal of reimagining the entire industry, sort of breaking it all apart and putting it back together in, in new ways with global partnerships. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, Mark. And, and I will say, as we were solving geometry in those first few years, software was galloping ahead with smart object technology with characteristics that allowed us to do more and more coordination of other things. So it was the other things that's become, Mark, an ocean of information. And this ocean of information is continues to grow of things that we were able to coordinate. Mark, if we do this right, an architect, while he or she is designing, would be able, because of good computer technology, to get real-time feedback now on the energy efficiency of their design as they're moving things around or the greenness of their design, things that we couldn't imagine when we started. So uh, the journey continues. It's not enough just to make a building stand up and be fire safe, but now we want our buildings to meet green standards and environmental standards and ADA standards. And there's a long, long list. So the demands are growing. The only way, Mark, that we can meet those demands is to do it together with good leverage of technology. And that's the journey that we'll talk about in this season. We'll sort of look in our past and look at where we've been, and we're going to look into the future and where we're going. We're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about the industry. We're going to talk about those problems and how those problems can be solved. Whether you are an architect working for HOK, one of the largest firms in the in the world, or you're a sole practitioner working in your basement, this podcast is this season is about you, right? It's about you because you were part of this industry and how we're going to fix it. And so I'm super excited about this, Patrick. I want to talk about goals for this season so people can understand what this season is going to consist of. What are, what are some of the goals that you want to achieve this season? Goals are good, Mark. First one, if we do our job right at this series, we're going to outline a new strategy for the building industry. 
so that people can understand in plain, simple language what the future is and how we're going to get there and their role in it. Second goal I have that's been the one that's uppermost in my mind from the beginning for the architect to take his or her proper place in society again, putting design first. You know, we went to school because we love design. I don't know anybody who went to school because they love to coordinate working drawings. <laughs> Some people developed a passion for that, I understand, but design is what we went to school for. And too often that's been squeezed out of our practice. So putting design back in the center of our practice, properly understood and properly placed in society. The third goal I have is that even if you're not an architect or an engineer, if you're an owner, that you understand what we're speaking about. This is not, not going to be a tech talk. If I get too technical, Mark, stop me. And let's okay. see if we can find simpler ways to convey the ideas that we're speaking of here. And I want this podcast, as I think and hope that the HOK podcasters, I want it to be fun. So there will be storytelling in each episode. Then the stories will illuminate the problems or the solutions in ways that is fun and easy to digest. Well, I, I am very confident that we will succeed in that final goal because you are one of the best storytellers I've ever met. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm very confident that we'll be telling some great stories. Um, you know, you and I are both architects and we talk from a point of view of architects. And before I even referenced, you know, whether you're, you know, an architect working for HOK or an architect working for yourself, but we're not only talking to architects this season, right? And this entire podcast, Build Smart Podcast, is not only for architects. It, well, it certainly is for architects, but it's not only for architects. Who's going to benefit from listening to this season of Build Smart? It's a very broad audience, Mark. First, of course, is people in the design professions, the architects and uh, design team members, engineers, specialists, but also our, our new friends, the contractors and the build team members, the subcontractors, the suppliers, the manufacturers of building parts and pieces. There's something in there for them as well. Third, and probably should be first, owners and people who operate buildings. If building owners understand what the future is, that will be a good thing because they will be enlightened as they assemble teams to design and build their next building. And finally, and I believe this right down to my toes, Mark, everybody in society, all of us are users of buildings. We use buildings for shelter and that's where we educate our children and that's where we get healed when we're ill and that's where we shop and so on. Everybody in a modern society will benefit if in fact we have a way to forward for the building industry that improves buildings, makes them better buildings and puts design back in the center of things. Society will be ennobled, is, is my term, if we do our jobs properly. I believe that this is a very important podcast, this entire podcast, Build Smart Podcast. I believe that this season is a critical season to listen to. So right now, as you're listening, hit the subscribe button to make sure that you listen to the entire season of Build Smart Season 2. And if you know one of those people that Patrick just talked about, architects, design teams, contractors, build teams, owners, building operators, 
anybody who's interested in building better buildings, tell them about Build Smart. Tell them about this season uh, and ask them to subscribe and listen to these episodes because this is how we're going to start this conversation, right? This is how we're going to make these transformations, how we're going to reimagine and reinvent the way we put buildings together, not just from Patrick and I having these conversations, but you listening to these conversations and then having additional conversations about the conversations that Patrick and I are having, right? That's how we're going to make these changes. So tell everybody that you know uh, about this season, what we're going to be talking about and subscribe. Patrick, when they do subscribe, what are they going to learn this season? Well, if you're a design firm or somebody involved in design, you're going to learn how to shape your design firm for the future. It will be different, but it will be better. There's work involved and you have to adapt, but the future is bright. Also, you're going to learn how to change your working relationship with your clients. If you're a design firm now, it's too often the top dog and the underdog relationship that because clients don't understand what value architects and designers are bringing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could change that mix from top dog, underdog to client and trusted advisor? Wouldn't that be wonderful? So listen to the series and you'll find out how. How to forge a new working relationship with your natural partners. This will be different. The contractor can become your best friend and advisor, advising you as you design and you advise the contractor as they're building or assembling. Same thing with the engineers, same thing with the subs, all the way through the supply chain. And finally, how to design more and leave more coordination to your hardworking computer. The computer is built for managing complexity, and those things tend to be repetitive and tedious. People are not built for repetitive, tedious work. They're built for creative imagination. Let's shift more of our tedious work off to our hardworking computer, which doesn't get sick, uh, doesn't take vacations, and is always ready to go. And let's spend more time thinking about and putting energy into the creation of great design. There is going to be some mindset shifts, I believe, during this season. I think that people, as they listen, they will transform from the way they used to do things to the way they're going to do things. Patrick, you and I are both very active in the architecture world, right? You're a member of AIA. I'm a member of AIA. The Entree Architect community, small firm architects, we're very active with our communities of architects. And we hear these architects talk about all of these problems that we just talked about um, and all of these issues that they're struggling with. And many of them are looking to the future with fear. They see this technology. They're afraid of it. And they're afraid that it may take away some of the things that they do as architects. I hope that during this season, and I am confident that we will, that we will shift some minds about that, that the future is bright and the technology is important. And it's something that we as architects should be embracing. And so I'm super excited about what we're going to learn here in season two of Build Smart Podcast. If you're an architect and you fear the future, let's Let's use this series to transform your fear into taking charge of your future because you can, you just have to change your thinking a little bit. To continue the story, come back next week for the next episode of Build Smart. What you really want and need is everybody to be on the same page, on the same team, 
And we don't have that in our traditional design, bid, build environment. If you go back 500 years to the building guilds, the architects were really the guild leaders. They had accumulated a lifetime of knowledge of how to build with stone or brick or wood. The guild leaders were called master builders. They weren't called architects. And architects began calling them themselves architects at about the Renaissance. And uh, they began to separate themselves from guilds. That led to a culmination actually in the mid 1800s where the architects began to form themselves into societies. The American Institute of Architects, AIA, the AGC, the Association of General Contractors. So we have two entities, the designer and the builder, who should be natural partners and who were natural partners during the guild days, were now formally separated, each with their own society. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Gable Media production and is produced by Demetrius Lynch Jr. Gable Media is the home of curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. You can listen in, subscribe, and find more content like this from our network partners at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.